0: Welcome to episode 137 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord.
1: And Cameron. Well, we, I'm Cameron Dexter. We're, we're recording. What? We're recording. I'm sorry, I'm trying to finish this episode Oldie McGuire. Maguire.
0: This is the world we now live in. The Disney Plus world. What?
1: God damn it. What's going on? <laughs> Remember that thing we used to do involving Batman that's I don't know that show that's not a Disney show It's kind of like spider-man Okay, I kind of know that show. Yeah Imagine if Lizzie McGuire
0: were a grumpy old man whose parents died who then dressed up like a bat and beat the shit out of people I'm on board with that. Okay, that's great. Is that coming to Disney Plus soon? It will absolutely be on Disney Plus soon Great. Is this your version of like the Matrix? Is this now like the the stepping stone
1: necessary towards a matrix S existence? Probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is I'm in my own Black Mirror episode now. Oh, that's
0: oh, that's true. Do you think now we're gonna get a Black Mirror episode about everyone being completely absorbed into a major studio conglomerate's uh, OTT platform? Hopefully, yeah.
1: <laughs> only if it's on Disney Plus. Depends only if
0: it's on Disney Plus when you watch it. Yeah. Uh, well, we are now living in the post Disney Plus era. Um. We are not far enough into it yet to properly talk about it. We had to record this episode uh, a little bit earlier than we normally would. Um, so although Cameron is already distracted by this thing, uh, <laughs> we, it's, it's a little too early for us to have any sort of like prescient news or any, um, first takes. Yeah, exactly. So, but it
1: will be coming soon. Don't yeah, you worry. Don't
0: worry. We so, yeah, see we have, uh, no news this week. Also, uh, no notes and friends because, uh, we're recording this before the last episode has even been published. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we will be doing an episode soon on Disney plus Think It might be our Thanksgiving episode. Cause what is Cameron more thankful for in this world? The Disney plus. Nothing. Exactly. Uh, But so in in lieu of news, one thing we're going to do, because we we had this this brief little chat here uh, before the episode aired, about movies that we weirdly loved
1: as kids, uh, even though they weren't kids' movies. Yeah, This is not the theme of the end. This is a normal episode. This is, yeah, for
0: it, worth clarifying.
1: (laughs) We just had a thought. This is a normal episode.
0: We are talking static shock. As much as possible, we want to try and keep going with static, since we're really kind of getting into it, rather than doing a bunch of bonus episodes, which yes. will be inevitable as we go into the holidays. So we we opted to just really early record an episode and cut out any sort of timely elements of it. Um, but yeah, normal static shock. But yeah, other than doing news, we're going to do this random little conversation we had uh, before, which I thought might be interesting on air. Um And you guys may all have this as well. Like you look back in your childhood and think like, Oh, there was that random movie that I saw as a kid that I was weirdly obsessed with, even though it wasn't a traditional kids movie. So uh, I have a couple odd ones, but Cameron, you have some of them as
1: well. Like, what are some of those for you? i have I have two that immediately came to mind when you when you asked me this question. Okay. Uh, one was my first ever midnight premiere movie, mm-hmm. and it was Lords of Dogtown. Oh, okay, yeah, you, you've
0: mentioned this on air a few times before, your yes. love of Lords of Dogtown. Uh, Always apropos of
1: nothing. Yeah, I don't skate. <laughs> You're not grungy. I'm not grungy at all. all. How would one describe your aesthetic? Uh, I mean, a, a walking cartoon character. Yeah, pretty... that's, it's not far
0: off. Yeah, the phrase mm-hmm. bubblegum came to mind. Yeah, that's
1: pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, but
0: it, Yeah, but definitely not 90s grunge skater. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you may own like one flannel shirt, and I think it's just that really fantastic purple and black one. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's just that one.
1: <laughs> it's, the, it's my Disney flannel. Mm. Uh, so I saw this as my first midnight premiere. Uh, I was maybe 12, 10, somewhere between 10 and 12 when this movie came out. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me. uh, Being my first Midnight Premiere, I had no expectation of what a premiere is like. Yeah. Uh, So it's me, my cousin, who's the same age as me, and then just a flood of teenagers, Mm -hmm. most of which I assume probably snuck into the theater. Probably. uh, Because it was... They were probably all high on the pot. It was pure chaos in the theater, Chris. Uh, It was so rambunctious and so loud that they paused the movie. Someone had to come in and be like, hey, we're getting complaints from the theater next door. That you're being too loud. If you don't shut up, we're all we're kicking all of you what, out with no refund.
0: How, in what way was everyone being loud and rambunctious?
1: People were just like yelling at each other, throwing popcorn, like what you see in movies of like the like the rambunctious teenagers in yeah. a theater, like that, every that was 80s movie. everyone in the theater. Yeah. And my cousin and I were having the time of our life. It was so much fun. Uh, and I'm like, this is what like this is what it means to be a teenager. This is amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, that, that one is a but big like, one. But there's
0: no element of the content in the movie that really speaks to you in any sort of way, right? It's just like, for whatever reason, it just stuck with you.
1: Yeah, it was just like, that memory of that night was so much fun. Yeah. Like, I just remember the joy of, like, thinking being a teenager is going to be great. And then? <laughs> and then puberty happened. It's not great. Yeah. That's <laughs> so fun. Uh, so I have that one, and then I have the movie Small Soldiers, which is, like... It's I wouldn't consider it made for children. No, but it's made for teenagers. But yeah. Like how old would?
0: How old were you when it came out? That came out in two.
1: Th- it came out in ninety Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was five, and I probably saw it when I was six. <sighs> yeah. So
0: yeah, that's definitely not a movie aimed at six year olds. But do you, like, do you remember what about it like made you
1: really love it? Oh, I'd never seen because uh, I don't think I'd even seen Toy Story yet. I think I saw this before Toy Story. Okay, so was it just the fact that there were toys on screen? Yeah, it was awesome. Were you really impressed by the, at the time at least, good effects? I, I, wanna, I haven't rewatched it in years, and I wanna see if the, the stop motion holds up. It's not, no, it's CGI. Oh, is it? It's not stop motion, yeah. Oh, okay, well now I'm. It's, I mean, even it's, more it's really
0: early days CGI, but I mean, the same way that they made Toy Story and Bugs Life because they were
1: working with like semi animate characters, mm-hmm. that's the great thing about doing it with toys. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I just like, I remember the Gorgonites and the commandos, mm-hmm. like those are words that have stuck with me my whole life. My and whole I don't life. know why. I, I also really liked that
0: movie when it came out and I remember, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but for whatever reason, my dad, his like coworkers brother i want to say maybe worked for the studio or something like that so we yeah, i got the movie
1: uh because my mom like that blockbuster gave it to my mom
0: okay yeah yeah exactly we we got it on vhs like like just on a random vhs tape like months before it actually came out on vhs on Mm -hmm. home video and i remember watching it and
1: yeah it was a weirdly compelling movie as a kid yeah it's so much fun I mean, Phil Hartman's great in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Yeah, he's the voice of the, the main commando. Mm-hmm.
0: And you look back on it now and you realize that it was Kristen actually... Christian Dunst is the love interest. Oh, fuck, that's right. Here. Oh, I forgot about that. Like, you forget how... Maybe not ahead of its time, but it was smart in the fact that it portrayed the cool toys as the villains mm-hmm. and the toys that everyone thought were lame as the heroes. The Gorgonites. Yeah, and that's actually really... Gotcha really interesting like even the point I remember when the the toys came out for
1: that movie like oh like the commandos are the cool ones and then you watch oh, movie i loved like, the gorgon i had a couple of the t- gorgonite toys yeah, of course you did i think i had an archer toy i'm pretty sure that's his name right that, that was the leader of the gorgonites i think so because uh, it was sergeant and archer yeah do a quick
0: search i mean i get it that movie was kind of weirdly fun and energetic and I have like elements of home alone almost like they're trying to fight off the toys mm-hmm. like you know improvising weapons inside the house and stuff like that I remember that great line from Phil Hartman when they're watching tv in like this his media room and they're watching a world war ii documentary and he's munching on popcorn he's like I think world war ii is my favorite war yeah <laughs> and it's just like as a kid you don't realize like what a great satirical
1: line that is mm-hmm. it's pretty good <laughs> stuck with me though it's great Uh, what about you? Oh, also, uh, after you answer this, I'm going to write this down. I have a fun fact, movie fact for you. that I learned the other day, uh, about one of your favorite movies. So, Oh, okay. All right. mm -hmm. Looking forward to
0: that. Yeah. Um, no, like, uh, what we, Oh, we were, we were talking about the impending movie, uh, last night, the Netflix Christmas movie. Oh yeah. And how the plot reminded me of the movie, Kate and Leopold, which if, for those of you who don't know what Kate and Leopold is, it came out in the, maybe like 2003 or so. Cause it stars Hugh Jackman, uh, as a man from the late 1800s who accidentally goes through a wormhole into, at the time, modern day and falls in love with Meg Ryan's ad exec, mm-hmm. which was like the job to have of that time. Um, and leave Schreiber is also in it too. It's oh. like her, her ex boyfriend, who is the one who discovers this time portal, and that's the one that like she goes through, and then he goes through, and it's this weird like it's like a fish out of water thing. Like he's from eighteen hundreds, he dresses that way, he's very proper, and he's a gentleman, and he doesn't fit into this world, but he's super suave and like look, I have a belief I that
1: love those stories, I do so too though, much.
0: and I have a belief that everyone has a list of like guilty pleasure rom coms, and this is maybe like my top one on there because it's both the guiltiest and maybe also the most pleasurable for me. <laughs> amazing i cannot really tell you why i love it i mean it's i mean it's got really good cast let's be honest mm-hmm. but uh it's it's a really weird thing to love as a i don't know 11 year old or whatever when i saw it yeah but the other one the more bizarre one is this movie called 13 days which i don't know if you've ever seen this i've not, i've never heard of it so i mean look at the exact year it came out because that'll even more affect why weird it was wo- how weird it was that i really loved this movie but it's a movie all about the Cuban missile crisis and the main character is played by Kevin Costner and he plays, uh, I think I can't remember if he's a, a real life person. Okay. It came out in 2000. So I, let me see when it came out in 2000. Um, okay. It came out Christmas 2000. So I was 11 years old <laughs> when it came out. Um, but Kevin Costner plays like the, um, the chief of staff for Kennedy during the Cuban missile crisis doing this horrible Boston accent. Um, but it's all like told from the perspective of trying to figure out how to deal with this, you know, political crisis. So it's, it's a political drama. Like there's one pseudo action sequence, which is when a, uh, like a a U two spy plane gets shot at while trying to take pictures over Cuba. (laughs) You know, the,
1: Yes, I know the Cuban okay. Missile Crisis. I saw X-Men First Class. I know okay, the Cuban thank Missile you. Crisis. Yes.
0: Yeah, I guess for those of you who don't know the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was when Russia brought a bunch of... Soviet s- Union. Excuse me, thank you. Worth correcting. Soviet Union deposited a bunch of ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles, nuclear bombs, uh, into Cuba in 1962. Mm-hmm. see Three. No, because Kennedy was killed in 60. Was it... In, pretty sure it 62. Sure, we go 62?
1: In the early 60s.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's 62, October 62. Okay. It's a political drama. Mm-hmm. Like There's nothing in it that an 11-year-old should like. And I don't know if it's just the, the politics of it or the suits or the really bad Boston accent. But I loved this movie as a kid. To the point where like, I haven't seen it in years, but I still think of it very fondly. Also, it introduced me to Bruce Greenwood who uh voices batman in young justice and also in under the red hood and of course played captain pike in star trek and Star Trek into darkness okay i just love him i've said this before on the podcast that maybe 10 15 years ago he would have been a great batman hmm. um he's he's awesome but great live action batman worth clarifying but i've Fucking love that movie as a kid. And also, it does kind of fit. I've always been a bit old soul, so it makes sense that eleven year old me would be really obsessed with historical dramas. Yeah, that 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 plays into character. <laughs> Historic political dramas, but ever since then, I've always loved, especially when fictional movies are centered around real life historical events is one of the reasons why i do love x-men first class so much i love they actually incorporate that element into it mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why uh new frontier is my favorite comic book of all times because it all bases it around real events of the time yeah um but yeah it's it's a weird one but uh yeah another random little mini topic of the the week here on tim talk but if you guys have really bizarre movies that you loved as kids that
1: weren't for kids write to us and let us know yeah um, uh, so I, I was at a conference the other week, <clears throat> uh, all about design and animation and stuff like that. And there was this woman who gave a talk, her name was Annie Atkins. Okay. And her job in Hollywood is she designs, she does graphic design for sets. Oh, okay. So anything that has text on it, mm-hmm. she has to design. That's cool. Be it, uh, so she did all the design for Joker. Mm-hmm. So all the medical forms uh when he's in therapy all the stuff in that room down to like everything written on a post-it note is handwritten by her the posters in the background um and stuff that's not even seen so there was um they had a a set in the hallway that i think was cut from the movie um where in the hallway they had a uh you could sign up to help with set up the christmas party oh wow oh and like had to like her and the crew wrote everyone's signature down on that. So like this amazing set dressing stuff. Yeah. Um, but her movie she's most famous for is she worked on grand Budapest.
0: Oh, Oh,
1: mm-hmm. so she did all the hand lettering from grand Budapest, including the sign that's above the hotel. Yeah. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so there's two fun facts that she shared with us. Uh, one, so the, the famous, uh, cake box. Yeah. The but pink. Was, yeah. With I can't The remember. company. I can't Do you remember? remember. Okay. Um, She said, there's a very easy way to tell if you, if you want to buy one, you're scrolling through eBay. There's a very easy way to tell if you have an authentic one or not. Mm -hmm. And it's because they made thousands of these boxes. They printed them, hand lettered them. They misspelled everyone. Really? Uh, Unintentionally. She forgot a letter in one of the small texts. And so they had to go in digitally because they were like halfway done with the movie when she got a call from Wes. It's like, I think we misspelled something. God. Uh, so they had to go in and post in any box that is seen up close. I, I don't remember what word it is, but it's at the bottom of the front of the box. Yeah. Any, any word that's close enough to be read on screen, they had to go in and digitally edit and add the letter in. That's so good. Um, but then the second fun fact, one that I thought you would really appreciate is, um, in any Wes Anderson film where there's a newspaper, uh, obviously when you see a newspaper, everything has to be completely rewritten, uh, are written originally because it has to pass by legal. Oh, so you can't yeah. just like copy a new, a news article from the past. Um, and normally it's up to the writers or like a poor, poor writers PA mm-hmm. to write all these news articles <clears throat> in Wes Anderson films. Wes writes every single news article. Oh my God. In every one of his movies. So she was she was telling a story how like, uh, while working on Grand Budapest, um, uh, Oh, also the, the exterior of the hotel, mm-hmm. or no, not the exterior, the interior of the lobby, uh, was the production building. And so oh, basically okay. if you, if you panned the camera up, that was w- the top floor was production. Mm-hmm. The second to top floor was post-production. Uh, and then like everyone working on the movie was working in the building.
0: That's amazing. So you could
1: literally look over the balcony and see it being filmed.
0: That's incredible.
1: Uh, yeah, so she would. She was telling a story about how she would get a call from Wes at, like, three in the morning. He's like, I found this really interesting Austrian article from the 1940s, and I just had to write about it. How many words do I need to, like, fit the space? <laughs> like, if I hit my word count yet, does it fit? Um, I I didn't know that I could find Wes Anderson even more
0: endearing. Yeah. But that story definitely does it. Mm-hmm. And if, like, if any director is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It, do, it really does make sense. And I, I actually have not seen most of his work. Um but, yeah, The Grand Budapest Hotel is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah.
1: So, so some Aww. fun facts for you guys. Well, thank you, Cameron. I appreciate yeah. that.
0: Um, shall we dive into our, our episodes? Let's do some. Let's talk there? some static. All right. Because we so, get to meet
1: one of my favorite characters this yeah, week. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, uh, our first episode up this week is They're Playing My Song, which is, of course, the introduction of Rubber Band Man. Uh, so, essentially, he's out for revenge on someone who stole his music. He's not sure who. So, he starts out... Just some random guy at the record company, and then he thinks it was uh, this really famous rapper Ice Pack.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is, Ice Pack? Why did I say Ice Pack? It's it's a. I think I think in my mind I was thinking like Ice T. Yeah. It's Ice Pack, not Ice Pack.
1: Well, yeah. So it's it's a combination. The character is supposed to be an amalgamation of Ice T and Tupac. Okay, so that that's makes Ice-Pac.
0: sense. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, eventually, he realizes uh, Rubberband Man realizes it's not this guy. It's actually this. Producer, who, as far as I can tell, is unnamed, but I'm pretty sure he's modeled off DJ
1: a couple okay times. DJ.
0: It, he's mod off biggie, right? Yes.
1: okay. but they, um, he had a what letter was on his on his ha- he had a letter on his house R okay was it, was it R? maybe? Because it wasn't anything that would relate to like producer or DJ. so I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. What his yeah. name
0: actually is. But yeah, so then uh, Rubberman Man goes off after... Uh, no, that. I but don't think it's...
1: Is it... No, I think he's supposed to be Suge Knight. I don't think he's supposed to be Biggie. I
0: honestly don't know.
1: Okay. Shug I, don't, Knight I is, don't
0: know anything about that genre of music. Suge
1: Knight is supposedly the guy that shot Tupac. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he was the one that like screwed thousands of people out of millions of dollars. Then that would make sense if this guy's modeled off of him. Yeah. But yeah, so Rubberman
0: Man... Man rubber band man that's hard to say it is is uh trying to track down who stole his music and it's now being broadcast as this ice pack song uh and then the subplot of it is that virgil gets a job at burger fool yes and we, we talked a little bit last week about how good this episode is about like finding good little subplots because they actually have, like, more real-world stuff to draw from. And this is a very common plot of, like, oh, you know, the hero has to go get a, a day job sort of thing. But I really liked how they handled it.
1: Yeah. Well, because, I mean, the overall theme of this episode is just money. Yeah. You have a guy who deserves money and didn't get it. And you have Virgil that needs money but doesn't really deserve it yet.
0: I mean, it's not that he des- like, he needs money to further his superhero career. Yeah. But so he's talking it, but, about
1: how, like, his suit is getting ripped. He's melting his shoes on accident. Uh, kind of all of the, the problems that come with being a, a vigilante. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So he he needs money. And at the same time, he you has know, this guy's getting ripped off. And um, it's, it's really fun. Rubber Man Man.
1: Oh my One more God. try. Take two. Rubber, blah, 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 blah. Nailed it. Rubber band. Man. Yes, I think his I, name is Arthur. If you just want to call him that.
0: I feel like that phrase should be included in those like vocal warm ups. Rubber band man, rubber like, band man, rubber band um, man. Rubber band the one I always remember is he cooks a proper cup of coffee in a copper coffee pot.
1: That's that's a good one. That's a
0: hard. That's a hard one. You know, it's like off the tongue, off the top, off the tongue. Those like
1: <laughs> improv warm up exercises that we mm-hmm. never did. Uh, Going into RBM, I, I shortened it when I was. No, I'm gonna my say notes. it every time. Rubber okay. band man. Go for it. Uh also I have, do you know that's
0: based off the the name that comes from the song.
1: Yes. Yeah it's uh from The Spinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: which I think was that in um Infinity War, right? I think that's the song they're playing on the uh the Benatar at the very beginning of the, the movie.
1: I have no the idea. The Guardians. I'm pretty sure it is. I can look this up. I, I don't think I know the song, so probably.
0: Okay. All right, you talk I look this up.
1: Okay. It's my turn for really specific movie trivia. That's fine. That's great. I love it. Um, yeah, so... Wow. Vir- so Virgil goes to his dad for a bump in allowance. His dad thinks it's more for this record coming out. So Ice-T's new song is supposed to come out like that day. So all his friend, Everyone is, you know, super pumped and excited for the song to come out. Ice-T, or no, Ice-Pack <laughs> is yep. kind of this... Avengers Infinity War, rubber Band Man.
0: Awesome. Yeah, when they're flying around and they literally fly into Thor. Thor? Okay. That's the song i are listening to. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's. Oh, you were saying something and I interrupted oh,
1: you. Oh, uh, I was just kind of uh, just spewing things. Right.
0: Oh, also something I forgot to mention up at the top. Uh, worth noting, this is the first episode so far in the series written by Dwayne McDuffie.
1: Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I knew he wrote this one. I didn't realize this was his first one.
0: Yeah, because I'm kind of going along trying to find the points when he did it, and this was his his first one. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say probably one of the the best so yeah, far. Yeah,
1: I think every Rubber Band Man episode is like a star. Yeah, uh, I think there is a little bit of. I mean, I could be misremembering, as we learned last week. You often do with this show. With this show, I'm misremembering. There a is lot. no Trixie. There is no Trixie Tang. It is Daisy, who we will meet next episode yes um who is still best girl mm-hmm. uh, no th- so rubber Bandman is going to have an interesting anti-hero arc okay. for a while so he's going to start off as a big villain for the next couple episodes then he's going to make it big with his music and kind of have his turn of heart and that's the episode where, where we realize he can't read oh which is such a weird oh. episode um which I think also counteracts this episode because he has that huge spiel with static about how Rubber uh, is an insulator, so he's not going to have any effect on him. Yeah. And he talks like in a more scientific way. And I'm like, that doesn't match up with the character in the future. He heard it on but a podcast. But that's He probably heard it on a podcast or probably watched it on PBS. He saw it on Sesame Street. He did. Yes. Um... I and mean, they were warning kids, don't go outside
0: during a lightning storm, but if you do, wear your rubber galoshes.
1: Exactly. Yes. Coat yourself in rubber. <laughs> um, Spray yourself in toxic Teflon.
0: <laughs> but no, what, what I liked about this was that it was definitely pulling from the, the B-Toss playbook when it came to villains. Because mm-hmm. it's worth noting that... The character is portrayed as sympathetic. Like, we understand his motivations. He legitimately feels wronged about something and is out to make amends, even if his his methods are flawed. Yeah. We eventually learn that he's right, that he, you know, the music was stolen and he's not getting any sort of credit or money for it. Um, but I think that the really telling thing is he is put in peril. Yeah. Right? So at one point he's trapped inside of, we're just going to call him Shug's. Uh, vault Like his massive money vault he has in his living room yes. And the air is going to run out So I mean especially in a Kids cartoon you don't put a character In peril unless you're supposed to Actually really care for them I mean, It's a pretty declarative way of saying like this is someone That we're supposed to to really sympathize with mm-hmm. And I think that makes a big difference In why This show really works and say Again not to, to beat a dead horse Zeta didn't because I think that show really struggled with coming up with good villains. Like the only we even said like the only really interesting villain was Bennett. And obviously he's kind of this morally gray character. We got enough time with him to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really have anyone else that felt really impactful in any sort of way. And yeah. I think the show designed. I, mean, I think they
1: tried to make it Bucky, but every every time we saw him, it was just. We never really felt for Bucky. Yeah, and
0: he eventually just kind of became a like a, a sidekick.
1: Yeah, but whereas
0: with this, like, we we really just meant to care for rubber Band Man, and I, I, like I said, I've forgotten a lot of
1: this, so I'm I'm glad to hear we get more time with him and he gets more of an
0: arc to him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because there's there's an episode where he starts dating uh, Virgil's sister. Oh, I vaguely recall that. Uh, we learn. I'm just going to spoil this whole series. Uh, we learn that he's Ebon's. Half brother? Okay, they're related in some way. Okay, and so that's um, why he
0: was at the Big Bang, as he was there with Ebon.
1: Yeah, because there's that cool. There's a if I remember this correctly, I, I hope I am. There's that moment where he traps Ebon in his body, so he mm-hmm. like forms a ball around him, so he can't escape anywhere. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. His powers are portrayed really well in this, uh, except for one instance. Which instance? Uh, when he's in line. To meet Ice Pack. Oh yeah, and he's disguised as like an attractive woman, and I'm like, you have a line of people literally just wearing hats, <laughs> hats and jackets. This but is this had, is Chicago or Detroit. He had to be the sexy lady. He had to be the sexy lady, and I'm like, that's interesting that he has like full. It's not only because a lot of the time when you see or at least when I see the rubber band power, I like guess not really with DC characters because we have already have elongated man. And Plastic Man, plastic man. Um, but when I think of rubber powers, I think of like you have to put in the kinetic energy to expunge the kinetic energy. Well,
0: also you're not shapeshifters.
1: Yes, yeah, that, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, which so that, is what that, he that does kind here. of like caught me off guard a little bit.
0: I, I also do love too that he is the the character that he's portraying is like the classic Tex Avery bombshell. Like when you yeah, think about exactly. like, yeah, like the like the the wolf whistle sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the girl, like super skinny waist, like long legs, big boobs, and that hat, like that hat of that era, like that really, really wide brimmed like sun hat, mm-hmm. fully going with that entire look. It's kind of a fun nod.
1: Yeah, but, but then with, with his voice, is,
0: yeah, exactly. But you don't remember me, don't remember me, bud? That part doesn't work. I think the rest of it does work pretty well. Like when we first meet him, he's he's bouncing around like a basketball. Mm-hmm. We'll ignore the fact that a. A normal man was able to pick him up and bounce him up and down. Totally well, he he can his, like his condense mass. himself, but you can't. But you can't change your density. So you can change. Wait, no, you can't change.
1: Yes, yeah, you cannot change your density. You can.
0: You can't change your mass. Yes, that, that one. one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Science, guys, we got it.
1: But yeah, like the other day, he would still weigh the
0: you know weight of a human being most mm-hmm. likely. But, we don't know what we don't know that guy's workout schedule. That's true. He was very very skinny. Lots of cardio, mm-hmm. but you know, beyond that, it's like he he bounces around like a ball to like keep up with a car. Is it is it the weird moment where like he stretches his arms and legs I, backwards he has, and like becomes turns into a wheel. You know, like a giant like penny farthing wheel, which I thought was particularly amusing. But you know, like when he's trying to uh, catch ice pack, excuse me, ice pack in the limo, uh, you know, he bounces in front of it and like stretches out and holds on to the street post to you know stop the car and stuff like that. He's not affected by. Static, he can, you know, compress himself really narrow and slip through things. You know, I think in a, a, a cartoon, and I feel like, wasn't this a, a mantra? I know it's a mantra from Pixar, but I feel like, wasn't this a mantra, too, from the B-Toss producers? Which was like, we should do something every episode that justifies being a cartoon.
1: Yeah, that was that was
0: toss so
1: Yeah. We had so many blimp fights. So oh my God, so many blimp fights. So many people
0: falling into bonsai trees. I feel like this... Was doing that. It's like, okay, we have a character, and kind of the same with Ebon too. We have this character, this really cool power set. Let's
1: do stuff with him. We can only really do an animation that at the time would be really hard to do in live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his, um, I think that works because they kind of have three of those moments, where you have the moment where he is, uh, where he catches Ice Tea, Ice Pack. God damn it, uh, and puts him on the the spire yeah which i always i remember that scene so vividly from being a kid mm-hmm. of just like having such a fear of heights growing up getting stuck on top of a spire was mm-hmm. really on just like that tiny square yeah uh and then the light shines up and he he falls um so you kind of have that moment you have the in the vault moment mm-hmm. and then you have the final um fight uh playground fight yeah
0: that was something else that I thought was was clever, which was Virgil's electricity powers don't have any effect on him because he is rubber, mm-hmm. he's insulated. So he had to figure out how to to stop him. So I thought that was clever. They brought along super glue and super glued Rubber Band Man, yeah, his, got it. His foot onto a merry-go-round and then just like spun the merry-go-round until he was bound up in the thing.
1: Mm-hmm. That was really clever.
0: Yeah, that's a great solution.
1: God, this show's so good.
0: It is really no, like it is really really good. Um uh what else I got in here oh i i did like that moment too when they um when rubber band man is chasing down ice pack in the car in the limo and static's trying to stop and and he you know static is essentially advocating from a place of like conversational res- like resolve he's like let's talk about this rather than just resorting to violence yeah um but even once the limo gets away rubber band man has a moment when he could take static out and he stops, goes, you're not my enemy. And he walks away. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes shows have to justify, especially that, that first confrontation, a way to have them separate, um, where the hero loses, then come back together again. And this felt realistic. It felt earned. You felt like that character would in that moment go, you're not my enemy. I don't want to hurt you. That's not what I'm here to do.
1: Yeah. Well, cause he, he doesn't seem like a violent person. No, as like his his base character, he he even says he even says this to Static. I've exhausted every other option. Yeah. I've called everyone. I've tried to get this money the right way, and they've all turned me down. This is the only way I have left. Yeah, is I finally have to resort to violence. Um, and then even with with Suge, he he's like, hey, you know, or even Suge kind of like plays plays into that. He's like, hey, take what you can. We'll work out a document tomorrow. Yeah. Because I know you want to do this. As much yeah.
0: paper cash out of this massive vault as you want.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Doesn't he know if he put that money in a bank, it would gather interest?
1: Yeah, but you don't trust the banks, man. Banks oh. are out to get you, man. We know now not to trust the banks. Yeah. This is pre-2008, Cameron. This That's true. Um, They're too big to fail. Exactly. Uh, so then, it, like, yeah, he... I think in this towards the end of the episode, he turns from a vendetta to revenge. Cause then at the end you kind of okay, see yeah. him kind of almost crack where he gets out of the cell or out of the vault and it's immediately attacks Suge. Yeah. Like how would you like it if we take away your air supply? Yeah.
0: Which is a pretty intense moment. Yeah.
1: Basically just, yeah, he smothers
0: the guy's face and mm-hmm. he is intending to kill him at that point. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. Yeah. For a kid's show. I mean it, is softened by the fact that he's a purple rubber band man suit. Yeah,
1: that that very much like lowers the threat. Okay, now, so objectively, because I know how much you love this show, what do you think about his look as a villain? It's dumb. Yeah, I think he has a very dumb outfit. Yeah, I love his look, but it's it's. I mean, he's not meant to be menacing. Like he's not a no. villain. He is. He's an antihero.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you know, Ebon is a great-looking villain, and he looks really evil. Mm-hmm. And you know, Talon's got a great look. Um, Shiv has Shiv just kind of looks like a. He's just he's just like a dick. He kind of I mean he looks like a, way that a lot of the characters looking Batman Beyond. Just mm-hmm. the general street wear.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously, but he's got that fuckboy attitude. He definitely
0: has that fuckboy attitude, and, and we've already talked at length about uh, flaming Mark McGrath. Hot streak, yeah. yeah a straw hot streak in his improbable pants mm-hmm. um but yeah the rubber band man suit definitely looks silly but it especially given the, where that character is going to eventually go it does kind of work in its favor because mm-hmm. it doesn't
1: look super evil and it looks similar to elongated man and plastic man yeah like very um pronounced bright color yeah but also i think it might be for the animators Because if you have any kind of texture, then you have to stretch the texture. Yeah, it makes sense. So you have to make it just a solid color. Yeah. And purple stands out.
0: Yeah, and that's the point of the show is to be bright
1: and colorful, and it does that all really, really well. There is one moment that I think is funny, because you talked about it before. When he first, when uh, Rubber Band Man first starts chasing Ice Pack, he's bouncing in his ball form. Mm -hmm. But then when it cuts to Virgil and uh, Richie seeing it, He's he's running after the car, but he's, like, elongated running. Oh, yeah. Like, he's super stretched like, out all his body parts. He's stretched his legs really far so that every step is... But it's not just his legs. His arms are wide and, yeah. his, and his neck well, is long. you have
0: to maintain proportion.
1: You're right. I how I'm. A Otherwise, fool. he would look silly. He would just look dumb. Yes.
0: How would you feel if you were walking around in a bright purple rubber suit with really, really long legs and normal-sized arms and torso? You know, I... I'd be okay with it. You do that every day, anyways. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's super fun. Um, uh, what else I have here? Good use of stretchy powers. Oh, we we got the introduction to their secret headquarters.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. In this episode, the the old abandoned gas station, mm-hmm. which will only get cooler from this point on. Yeah.
0: Well, obviously, because yeah, here it's literally just like a, as Richie puts, a rat infested gas station.
1: Um, and we also I'm, see him. Uh in his normal wear. I think that I think this is the first villain we see both oh, in, in costume and in normal wear.
0: Yeah, and in traditional cartoon villain form, his color, color palette, palette yep. maintains. But you're right, yeah, this is the first one that we see him when he's not
1: uh villaining. Yeah. So I think that also plays into we're supposed to care because we now know his alternate identity. No yeah. one else does. He's just kind of a normal person. Yeah.
0: Um I did come across a really interesting bit of trivia in, oh, regards, sure. in regards to specifically the secret hideout because Virgil makes some comment about it being like the the rundown gas station of solitude mm-hmm. like with that Superman reference. And I guess originally when they were in the gas station and having a conversation about Virgil's job at Burger Fool, Richie made a comment that even Clark Kent has a day job. But this was before the show was going to be canon in the DCAU So in every subsequent version in terms like home release and
1: rebroadcast and now, of course, on DC Universe, they've cut that line out. Interesting. Oh, because even in the last episode, last week's episode, there's a Lois Lane drop. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which that makes sense. Like you could believe Lois Lane being a big enough name.
0: Yeah. In the world. But not Clark. Yeah, but not Clark. Well, also the fact that. He
1: would know the identity. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: like to say that even Clark has a day job is to very much allude to him being a superhero. Yeah. And they haven't met yet. That's right. So, but I thought that was interesting. They, they pulled that line out of there because I was waiting for it to happen. I was watching it. It didn't come along. Um, does this well, the, ad- the Fortress of Solitude? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, but you, again, the you could maybe way. believe that um, the Fortress of Solitude as a concept could exist in some degree in the zeitgeist, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's referenced in a newspaper and people talk about it. Uh, does this episode include your quip of the week or is it next episode?
1: Uh, I have, I have one. I don't think I wrote one for the next episode. The one that I wrote down for this one is, um, I bet they needed like Michigan to baptize you.
0: Oh yeah. The <laughs> guy, no, that is
1: really good. Uh, um, he also has, he, I don't think he ever uses this move again, but I love this move that he does in this episode, which is the taser noogie.
0: Oh yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Very of the time.
1: Yes. Which also reminded me, I have no idea how to spell Noogie. Uh N O O G I E? That's what I thought. Is it Y? I don't know. Google, I mean. I mean, f-
0: I watched it with
1: captions on this morning. Oh, but did I, you? I, I okay. didn't really
0: pay attention. I think it was IE. I wasn't. I assume it I, is. I, I Google, paying.
1: I mean, when I was writing it in my phone, it said it was misspelled. Apple by my, didn't know how to spell Noogie. Yeah. But use are you? Exactly. Uh, for me, this episode had my pop culture reference of the week. Oh, what is
0: it? Uh, it's when he's fighting with. Rubber band man, at one point, Virgil says, Oh, is that your final answer? Oh, that's good. I was like, Oh, because there's some good polls in the next episode, but that was the most of the time. Yeah. It's like peak Regis. Oh, my God. That, yeah. Who wants to be a millionaire?
1: So popular. I watch that every night. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid. Yeah. It
0: was really damn entertaining.
1: Yeah. I remember the, oh, I don't remember. I, I, my, my dad was still alive. So I was under seven. Mm-hmm. So five or six for like it was like a $32,000 question it was about pokemon and i remember freaking out uh and not understanding that like they're not calling random people yeah going up to my mom of like tell them to call me like i can answer the question for them tell them to call me oh yeah cute little naive cameron Mm -hmm. it was uh i think it was what was the evolution of jigglypuff that's Wigglytuff. okay obviously
0: i didn't i don't know that
1: that's fine that's so why you're not about to win $32,000. Absolutely
0: not. I did see a great um, post recently, and it was uh, someone on the, the modern version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Because the show still yeah, airs still, in, on. still airs in syndication all the time. Um, but the guy was polling the audience, trying to figure out uh, what was the proper um, measure of power. So obviously it's horsepower. And his the answer he had um selected but not yet locked in was like donkey jewels
1: (laughs) that's amazing
0: who who has to like get a like photo to friend Um, on
1: that? someone who's never driven a car before i
0: guess that's absolutely true i mean i heard of a car before i mean i would really love it now if that was the new unit of of yeah. measuring
1: torque because we got you know some... how you know how powerful this car is. Oh my god, man! It's, it's thirty-two hundred donkey jewels. cool Really? Yeah, that's a lot of ass. That's a lot of ass right there. It's A lot of ass power. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh oh. So also for this episode, um Rubber Band Man is a is a villain or yeah is a villain from the comics. Oh okay. So he. Is in a one-off comic, is static issue 33. Um, his name is uh, Carmen Stinger, and he was the first rubber band man. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Also, I can tell you care much more about this show because you actually do research. <laughs> yep. I appreciate it, Kevin. I appreciate putting in the homework.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, I, I like him a lot as a character. I'm glad he's coming back around. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for more of his, more of his episodes.
0: Uh, any other thoughts on this? Or shall we drift
1: along to our next uh, one Let's here? go to the new kid. Let, let
0: the song play on to the new kid. Uh, yeah, so in this episode, Virgil is invited to attend a school for genius kids we eventually learn is run by Edwin Alva, who's the... Um, kind of overarching villain of yeah, the series. Yeah, exactly. Like the, this corporate magnate who is... Ev- Involved with the Big Bang from the pilot, um, and he's essentially using the school's resources to find a way to track and capture Static because mm-hmm. he wants to study him, presumably because he's a big a Bang baby who's come out with like really substantial powers. Yeah, we don't know his exact reasoning
1: for it yet. Um, I, I think they're handling Alva so well so mm-hmm. far in the series because I, I think in Beyond. They rushed the character because uh, who who was Blight? What's his name? Oh, uh, Powers. Yes, Derek Powers. Derek pa- I think they kind of rushed his story a little too much. It, it, yeah, he was too tied into Bruce. Whereas with Alva, he's like there's really no connection between him and Static. No, it's just circumstance,
0: and he, yeah. he he gets to exist in the background and occasionally pop up. Versus, you're right. Like before, Powers was in every episode involving Wayne Tech, which is a lot of them. So if you're not addressing then how he's all mutated and stuff. You're not really keeping that story going. Yeah.
1: And that had the big problem of ending his story in one season. Mm -hmm. Whereas Alva, I think lasts maybe the entire series. Okay. Or pretty close to it.
0: Yeah. no, I mean, it's, it's a good way to go. And I think it's, it's also, it's effective here because just from a, a social status perspective, those two characters are so far separated, right? It's like, Virgil is just like a normal kid going to high school, a normal 14-year-old kid in high school, and this is like the most wealthy, powerful man in all the city. Mm-hmm. When are they ever going to interact except for when it's superheroing and yeah. that sort of stuff? Whereas in Batman Beyond, obviously, Terry and Derek would actually interact face-to-face sometimes. Pretty awesome and, yeah. and they didn't know that's who that was. was. The other thing, too, is it wasn't until the last episode of Blight they actually knew that he was Blight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really good use of him, and so he's recruited these two guys, uh, Mr. Mr. Specs and Mr. Trapper. Yes,
1: is D- that a parody of the Bond duo? It
0: is. I'm okay. very impressed that you knew that. Do you know their names? No, Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid.
1: Okay, because I do know in Kids Next Door, they have Mr. Fink and oh god, what's his name? Mr. Fink and Mr. Dib. Oh, Fib, Mr. Wink and Mr. Fib. I remember those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I imagine... and I knew they had to be a parody of something, and so I finally googled it. Yeah. A well, year hours ago. So
0: I I love Mr. Wink and Mr. Kid. They are of course from Diamonds Are Forever, which is the gayest of all Bond films. Okay.
1: Are they super monotone in the movie? They're they're
0: dry. Okay. Yeah, they're they're pretty dry um and they always Refer to each other that way back and forth in a very similar way um, that... Did you catch the, the voice actors on this?
1: I did. Patton Oswald. Mr. Patton Oswald and Mr. Michael lovely Michael Rosenbaum. Rosen
0: I'm sure that they've had other voiceover crossovers in the past, but that is a powerhouse duo. That is a... Yeah. It's almost kind of a shame they're uh, wasted. They, they come back.
1: Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. We're, I think we have two more episodes with these guys. Okay,
0: because that is such a great duo of performances and Mm -hmm. because it's the two of them because they are really talented they obviously imbue those characters with a lot of personality that may not be there otherwise but they're definitely drawing on Winton kid uh who of course in the movie are uh suggested to be lovers although no outright stated I don't think that's the case
1: here okay it's not even implied yeah and and kids next door they are uh just kind of two guys that live with each other
0: so there's an element there so a little there's, bit, yeah. a,
1: there's a chance.
0: This is my roommate that I've mm-hmm. been living with for you know, decades.
1: That, the more that I think about it, because they have another villain, uh, Count Spankula, who accidentally shows oh up. <laughs> who accidentally shows up to Mister Fink and Mister Whibb's house, uh, thinking that it is one of the children, uh, and spanks one of them basically into a coma.
0: Wait, <laughs> S- spanks like Mr. Wick, yeah, or Mr. Whatever.
1: Yeah, Mr. Mr. Web, Mr. S- Finky, Mr. Wibb. Spanks him into a coma. Yeah, and then he has to give up spanking, uh, because there's like this this huge council of of villains, and they have deemed him crossing a line that shouldn't be crossed, of attacking a fellow villain.
0: This is amazing. Yeah. I
1: have to go look this up after we're done. <laughs> Um, but yeah, There's a lot of subtle tones I missed out on, on you, Kids a, you miss a
0: lot of things when you're a kid. Uh, but yeah, so these two are trying to build a, a machine that can capture static. So they, they start out with this, uh, robot. They remind me a lot of the, the robots from the Fleischer Superman.
1: Cartoon. I was, I was just, just about to bring that up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They have a very similar kind of aesthetic. I'm sure that was a, a deliberate reference. And then they recruit, uh, Virgil and
1: Daisy. Yes, we meet Daisy. We meet Daisy. Daisy is the best, and she gets a, a character remodel, uh, a slight character remodel uh, in a future episode, mm-hmm. uh, and she's just the best. Is
0: is Frida basically out?
1: No, so Daisy is, is never a love interest. Oh. It, it's kind of teased. Okay. But Frida is always They're kind of the there the love. Ross and Rachel? Uh, well, Bringing back to what we talked about last week in Danny Phantom, you have... Uh, Paulina who's the yeah. love interest
0: Paulina Paulina
1: uh, and then you have Sam who's the female best friend yeah and uh, Daisy kind of turns into turns their duo into a trio of friendship so then okay. you have the two guys and the girl the in typical dynamic
0: hmm? in a pizza place?
1: in a pizza place yeah. yeah the the typical dynamic of every cartoon of this age um right yeah, yeah. Okay. um and so, so, yeah, you still have Frida on the side. Daisy's kind of, like, flirting-ish, but it's just kind of like a, like a good friendship. Okay. Which is something you definitely never see in cartoons. Mostly platonic. Mm-hmm.
0: That is nice. I, I do wish there was more of that, because that is always a thing. It's like, yeah, it's always two male characters, one female yeah. character. Oh, and
1: then, then, and then later on, uh, like, Daisy and Frida become best friends as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's, it's nice when they can have actual platonic relationships. It's not just like, well, they spend so much time together that eventually they have to fall in love.
1: Like Danny and Sam, Danny and Sam like Kim and Ron, but that is still like the precious relationship that I strive for in my life.
0: Oh, uh, wait, wasn't that in So the Drama, the movie when they finally get together? Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: The with the song by Cross Carlson Romano, and Aww. it's so sweet, and they have a montage of their friendship. Montage. And, oh, man. I know we've been friends forever. Oh, I think oh. I just deleted all my notes. Great. Oh, nope, we're good. All I right. just made a new note. Um... But yeah, so they recruit uh,
0: Virgil and Daisy and the, these twins to build basically a sensor that can track static. And then that device is implanted in this, this massive floating ship. It, it reminds me a lot of the Braniac ship. It's kind yeah. of got a similar aesthetic to it. It's got like metal tentacles coming out of it. It's kinda of, it's a very weird design. It is a weird design, yeah, to try and capture him. And then uh you know, eventually
1: static basically just has it follow him until they smash through Alva's house. I thought that was a great cause uh, because he fought the robot, and he basically, because uh, we talked about this a few last week, where um, he can overcharge himself. Yeah. He, so he tried to knock out the robot by overcharging himself. He failed. So then you had this, the, the moment where he was trying to recharge himself. So we find out in this episode, if there's a fuse box or anything that kind of conducts electricity, he can siphon that off for himself. Yeah. And, Get right back into the fight. Yeah, it's his sensu bean, is, as some what? would say. Yep. Yep. What is, Just for uh, you. What do we want to know what that's from? It's from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we
0: once again get the power-up sequence. We're going to get it in every episode. I think, episode. yeah, I mean, we've had it for the last four episodes? Three yeah, episodes? Three episodes. The rest three episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. It's like either he changes into his costume or he recharges and we get that fantastic power-up sequence. Um, Brainiac ship. Yeah. Um, oh, then of course, like Daisy helps save the day at the very end by like Disabling the controls from the the school, mm-hmm. and then the school gets shut down, and she ends up going to public school with Virgil.
1: Yeah, because you because her parents wanted to go wanted her to go to a safer place. So they sent her. <laughs> yeah, they sent her to public. They school. sent her to public
0: school in what is essentially Detroit. Yes. All right. Um, uh, oh,
1: so so sorry. What what I was trying to say before when I cut you off and then cut myself off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the robot is now kind of immune to statics power
0: yeah he, he makes a comment it must have some sort of ceramic layer on the outside yeah
1: so he has to find another way to disarm it um and so his his solution is yeah flying to alva's penthouse destroying the place yep and basically using him as a hostage uh for the two guys to turn the robot off they still refuse and they're just gonna try and shoot him around alva until Daisy comes in and saves the day and just oh, kind of cuts the cord. Good old Daisy. Good old Daisy.
0: Yeah. Again, that's like it's...
1: Has already done more than all of Lois in <sighs> Superman. Yeah.
0: Poor Lois. is always very underserved. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is... This is, I think, a little bit... And it's still a villain of the week, obviously. But it's not like
1: a superpower villain of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... Yeah. It's- and it's nice to balance out because this... We had, yeah, four bang babies in a row.
0: Yeah, so this you know dips back into this kind of broader story that's going on in the background, um,
1: and it's we're building the city. Yeah, we know Alva has a place there. We know he has means of getting around the city. Yeah, he's got like uh, lackeys. Yeah, he, we're 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 seeing his kind of fingers dip into Dakota City. Yeah, and we're building the world, and I think as we continue to say another problem with Zeta. Is they were moving around so much, we never had a chance to really build a location.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's what I'm kind of taking away from watching these so close together. Is you you see where this show was setting it up, setting itself up for success, mm-hmm. and how just the very nature of the type of show Zeta was and its choices in terms of its its really narrow primary cast, the fact that it was jumping around all the time, having your your main lead be a robot, which even though obviously Dietrich Bader is still doing a great performance, you are very limited in terms of what character stuff you can do with him. Yeah, This it doesn't have any of those problems. It definitely is like, mm-hmm. okay, it knows how to play with its characters well, it knows how to flesh out its city really well. And, and just- it
1: learned from not the mistakes of Beyond, but it, it took the the format Beyond set and kind of Made it brighter, made yeah. it more fun, uh, and anything that was kind of could be seen as a pitfall, kind of used it to their advantage here. Yeah,
0: well, and it has the added benefit of being separated from Batman for now. Well, for now, but yeah, I mean, I think Batman Beyond at its best often was when it was tied in with anything having to do with old Batman stuff. So, like, the yes, the Freeze episode is super good. The the Bane episode is really good, right? But then, when it was doing its own thing and maybe wasn't being so successful, that was really apparent that it was missing out on something. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're still, it's still a follow up to, and we said, I think, even last week, that, you know, probably the best era for that. This whole universe so far has probably been the new Batman Adventures era, which are yeah. cons- like I wouldn't say necessarily the best episodes in the whole thing, but are the most consistently really good. Yeah. And we're really honed in, in terms of writing and the art and the aesthetic. And so no matter what, any follow up on that is going to be compared to it. Yeah. And this is the advantage of not having to deal with that.
1: So. Mm-hmm. And I, I think also right now, <clears throat> all these episodes we've had so far are very, very lighthearted. And yeah. we know in the future that there there's going to be a couple of those just like heart wrenching episodes, yeah, and I think they're earning that now by uh, you know showing that you you have these characters at their high highs. when you see them at their low lows, it's going to feel so much more impactful. yeah
0: well and it it it's able to have those moments of seriousness without ever compromising the tone. We, yeah, we even saw that in the the very first episode when Virgil throws the gun into the water. It was like, oh, like that's a really like heavy, serious moment, but it never felt out of place. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's it, I'm I'm continuing to be really, really enjoying these, like, yeah, really enjoying them. Good, I'm glad. So, uh, any other thoughts, or should we get on to our uh, well, I guess kind of our bat plug section for the week? Uh,
1: yeah, you you said you had your did you have a quip in this one that you liked?
0: I, I didn't write down any oh no my for um one. my it was more just like i do it for the week not necessarily per the episode okay okay uh, but there were some good pop culture references they uh they make a comment about stephen hawking of course mm-hmm. virgil walks into the lab and it looks a lot like as he calls it the starship enterprise yeah and then there was a, a reference to the terminator but I, and i loved all of those but those are like kind of perennial polls yeah. versus a good old who wants to be a millionaire mm-hmm. oh
1: and kind of and reference. we mentioned this last week um that it, it always seems that Richie is the smart one. Oh so yeah so it was interesting seeing Virgil <clears throat> excuse me go to the school yeah well, uh, instead and because we have I mean we've seen that Virgil is smart but not like genius level smartness so I was a little bit surprised and they even like say that a few times in the episode of like yeah. how'd this kid get in here well and even the principal makes a comment it's like I'm kind of surprised you're going there and it the
0: episode was felt like it was setting up a reveal that there was some greater plot element going on here. Like, I was kind of waiting for it to be revealed that Alva put him in there because he
1: knew he, he knew? was static. Okay, yeah. Ma- but, but, but but then it, it is kind of made up for at the end because uh, Virgil has that line of like, oh, you know, technology is my specialty. Yeah. We're thinking it's because he's just going to use his powers. But then in the next scene, we see him actually program the whole thing on his own. Yeah, like he builds this
0: tracking program based off of a video game that he and Richie wrote. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wasn't expecting... I wasn't expecting that.
1: Yeah. So that I don't think that like that skill is really brought up a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see like, you know, they are they they are like classic kind of nerds. Like they built yeah. a video game. Yeah. Stick like while they're hanging out. Yeah, I mean I, in an abandoned gas station.
0: Well and I think that's it, is that oftentimes with kids' shows they'll lean really heavy into stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And you know, Richie is a little more of obviously the nerdy one, but like they are they're you know, they're not like at the top of the social order, but like they are kind of cool in their own way. Yeah. Like they are cool to each other and they're cool to their friends, and like, although I think they yeah, they're not
1: they're not like social outcasts. No, they're
0: not. And I, I think they they aren't ever really harping on the fact that they're not in like the top of like mm-hmm. social echelon. They seem really comfortable, like cool with
1: each other and with themselves. Yeah. There there were a which few is refreshing. There were a few mentions to it last week when he's talking to Derek, the 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 guy who turned into yeah, the, yeah, the giant yeah. blob monster. Um where he's like, oh yeah, Derek is gonna like get us into these awesome th- Like there there's definitely like the perks of being at the top. Yeah. That they're like that they want, but they're not like striving to be the most popular kids. Right. I
0: think they acknowledge the perks of being at the top but they're not lamenting the fact that they're not up there right. themselves. And they, yeah, they're like, they're allowed to be, like, really smart and really nerdy, but also, like, cool and funny in their own way.
1: And mm-hmm. it just makes them feel a lot more fleshed out. Like, they're not just grounded in a, in a stereotype. Like our, our favorite boy from our favorite movie, Booksmart. Oh, Booksmart. I fucks with Hufflepuffs. Yeah. I, I finally got to make uh, my first Booksmart quote in the wild. Uh, in the Olivia Wild? Yes. Uh, at the, fuck you. <laughs> Um uh, I, I went to this uh at the, the design conference that I went to, yeah. They had this party called the the big bash. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a big sign up front that said, <clears throat> let's bash. And so I took a photo of it and added it on the side consensually. Nice. You know, let's get bashed consensually. consensually. <laughs> Uh, oh, I need to revisit that movie. It's so good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we good. Should we move on to our, our, our last little segment here? <clears throat> Let's do it. Yes, yeah, so like we said at the top of the show. Uh, no notes and friends this week because this is coming out. Uh, we're recording it very closely on the tails of the previous episode, but. Um, and in lieu of a traditional bat plugs, we're going to kind of do like a, a slightly longer review of teen Titans go versus teen Titans. So I mean, I plugged a few weeks ago, but it took you a little bit while to get yes, caught up I, on I it. I
1: finally watched it this morning. I was very happy with it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the rough plot here, as much as it needs one essentially is that, uh, Raven's inner demon is getting unleashed. And so, uh, her version of Trigon realizes that he can capture her inner demon and use it to regenerate the original Teen Titans version of Trigon. And so they set up a, a, a stage tournament, basically, to pit the Titans against each other to help facilitate that. And then from that point on, it's just this, like, this weird freewheeling leap through to different dimensions and stuff like that. in a yes.
1: sort of beautiful meta way that only Teen Titans Go can really do well. I love this movie. There, there's a lot that I really enjoyed, and there's a lot that I didn't enjoy. Because
0: we were talking briefly before the show. I think I actually like this more than Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which I really, really love.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are maybe a little bit less hot on it. I, I, so it, it actually harkens back to a point that I just made on Static, whereas Teen Titans Go to the Movies is just a pure comedy through and through. Everything about it is a joke or a punchline. See, I think this is more of a pure comedy. Like, I think that, that was my problem with it, is I didn't see it as a pure comedy. Oh, it's... Is, is every time the, the regular Titans, which I'm going to refer to as my favorite Titans. Yeah. The regular Titans were on Titans screen. Titans Prime. Yeah. Also, it, it also shows, when I even wrote the title of this, I wrote it as Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go. Yeah. Not the other way around. Because this is, through and through, a Teen Titans Go movie. Yeah. Not a Teen Titans movie. Exactly. Like I wanted it to be.
0: I mean, so, I think that's also one of the things for me is I really loved Teen Titans when it was on the air. I don't think I ever actually finished it out all the way. Oh,
1: you were missing out on so much. I know, much. and I know it's
0: really good, but also you've talked about the fact that it ends in a really unsatisfying way. I
1: mean, the yes. Be, there's one episode, so they have an amazing season five finale. One of the best, like, one of the best finales I've seen. In, I mean, Teen Titans is my favorite DC show. Yeah. Uh, through and through. But they did try and start a season six. And there's one episode of season six that brings back Terra, introduces a whole new villain, reestablishes the world of their city, mm-hmm. and then it just ends. And they don't do anything after that. So if you just don't watch that episode, then you're fine. It has an, maybe the best series finale of a show. Really? Mm, second Avatar. I was going to say, have you ever seen the finale of Breaking Bad? I have. It's really good. <laughs> so, so with this one, it's have you? Did you make it to season five at all with the uh, the Doom Patrol and Brotherhood of Evil? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. I, I only
0: kind of recall it. Okay, but.
1: so the idea for season five is it's the Doom Patrol versus the Brotherhood of Evil. They've been at at war with each other for years and years and years and years. Um, Beast Boy foiled the plans of um, what's the Brain's name? I don't remember. Sure, whatever. Uh, he foils the plan of the brotherhood. No, that's the monkey next to him. Okay. Um, I think it's just the brain. It might be. Yeah. Um, he foils the brain's plans. And so the brain realizes that the doom patrol isn't a, isn't a threat anymore. They're still there, but they're not as big of a threat as this new era of heroes coming up. Okay. And so he is on a mission to hunt down every hero that the Titans have interacted with since season one. Oh, damn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so you have all the heroes they just met, or they've met in the past, plus every episode introduces a new hero. Okay. Which is kind of flipping the villain of the week, but now you yeah, have like, okay, the week. now we're going to meet Gnarsh, who is this awesome caveman in the North Pole who fights with this girl named uh, Cole, who's adorable, that can turn herself into a diamond, so he swings her around like a club. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, you meet uh, North Star and... Sorry, I know I'm I'm on a tangent now. It's such a good season. (laughs) Look,
0: and I I think that's what it ultimately comes down to, is that I was never quite as invested in Teen Titans as you were. So... I mostly through teen Titans go to the movies because I haven't actually watched really any of the show. Mm-hmm. I've really fallen in love with the teen Titans go version. So I, I'm not okay. like, all I'm right. not, I'm not the crazy fan that they even point, like make fun of in the stands. Oh, going, I like, never... I, you ruined my childhood. Like also angry. Like I really like the teen Titans go version because it's so silly and so meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think was w- more open minded. This maybe going in because I was like, Oh, like it's fun to get to revisit the old Titans. But I was also just happy to be spending time with Teen Titans Go! And I think you were really hoping, especially at the tease, the end of Teen Titans Go! to the movies, they were going to bring back the original Titans in a very um, traditional version of it. Yeah, a more sincere version of it, maybe, than what we got.
1: Yeah, so I... Yeah, when the movie started, I did want that more serious version because we see them fighting each other and, you know, the 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 TT um I mean, you TT verse and the Go verse. Uh the TT verse Just call the like just call them the Go Titans and the Prime Titans. Prime Titans. The Prime Titan, verse um they're like hey let's not fight we have a plan we're trying to work this out. Like they're still trying to be serious. Yeah. And that's when I'm like okay you guys are over joking and I just want to like know the serious side. Like I want the balance. Like you have you're so jokey I want the super serious moment now. And that never came. Well cuz yeah I mean cuz it's not it's still a comedy
0: at the end of the yeah. day. So, like, so,
1: once we got past that point, and then the, the, the serious Titans started making fun of themselves, that's when I really got into the movie.
0: See, I really liked the, the juxtaposition. Like, I think for me, what I found most impressive about this movie was that they, even though we have two versions of the Five Titans plus Trigon. Mm-hmm. They all felt like distinct characters. Yeah. Like, they really understood the tonal difference between the two. Like, the fact that the Prime Titans have a plan that are trying to figure out what's going on. They're taking this sort of thing seriously. And the Go Titans think of everything as a joke. And Robin, like, is just super excited about this because he just wants to fight. And he just wants to win. And he's missing the really
1: obvious, like... Uh, betrayal and setup that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And that they're like... Which is funny because that's actually an episode of original Teen Titans with the same villain. uh, Oh, with Game Master? Yeah, the, the Master of Games. There's an episode in season three where they collect all of the male heroes we've met so far... So Aqualad, Beast Boy, Cyborg, Speedy, Gizmo, Wildebeest. We get it. You know <laughs> the universe well. Um, and pits them against each other. And everyone is like, hey, this guy doesn't feel right. Something's wrong with him. But Robin is so in the zone of like, I just want to be the winner. Like, yeah. I'm going to beat everyone here. And then at the end, we find out there was a big twist. And oh God, yeah, it's like my top three episodes. I know. I can tell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked that...
0: Prime Robinson's like, these aren't like the kid versions of us, these are just the jerk versions of yeah. us. Like it does point out the fact that the the Go Titans, in their own weird way, are like kind of mean spirited. Like they're not intended to be that way, but like they're just kind of making fun of stuff all the time because they don't take anything really seriously. Yeah.
1: But then they have that great musical number. That that's when it changed. The, for other, me. Wait,
0: the cooperation one, when it gets into like the, the 90s era yes. rap. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thing, is I love how silly the Go verse is. Like, even the way this starts. Um, with him trying to foil the, the bank heist by the Gentleman Ghost, who is just so goofy and a fet. He's like, you know, when he's helping the old lady cross the street, because it's the gentlemanly thing to do. And you're like, this is just so silly.
1: I really have a lot of and fun then who, with it. Oh, uh, because it's also Weird Al voicing. Oh, yeah, voicing it too. And he also voiced Dark Side at the end. Which is fantastic. But I, I love that it even
0: points out that the the Teen Titans Go, like maybe their greatest asset is how annoying they are. Like oh, they, yeah. they can't stop gentlemen ghosts at any traditional power. So the only option Robin has is to constantly throw birdarangs at the, like the money bags keeps falling out. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you guys going to do? Stop me with the power of annoyance? Like we can do that all day long. That, yeah. I really love that. Like I thought it really understood the characters and the tone of both those really well and mashed them up in a really fun way. And I think it, it's more interesting to have the prime Titans be the ones that are fish out of water because they do take things so seriously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There, there's a couple great fourth wall references that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which is when they're trying to describe themselves uh, between the Robins. Yeah. They, they reference to each other by head height. Yes. So, and that's how animators draw characters. As, oh, really? Yeah. And so most, when you draw a normal person, you are six heads tall. Okay. I think is what it is. Um, so a normal anatomy is six is six or eight. I don't remember anymore. I'm going to say six heads tall. That makes sense. So since this is more anime focused, they're five heads tall. Mm-hmm. So they look at Robin and it's like, yeah, he's like a full five heads. Yeah. Uh, and then when they're talking about go Robin, they refer to him as three heads tall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so fucking dumb and amazing.
0: It's, I mean, that's the sort of thing. It's super smart. Or like they have that, uh, that interlude where they just sing like the whirligog song. I hated that. And then at the, the end of it's like, wait, what was the point of that? It's like, oh, just padding out some screen time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, But there's all these like amazing little nods. Like, did you catch that when uh, Raven is talking to Trigun in the mirror, she flips it over on the back sticker that says Mirror Master Mirrors? Oh, I, I missed that. That's great. So that was really fucking brilliant. Um, I also love that the Master of Games is voiced by Reese Darby. I, who is that again? So he's a New Zealand actor. Um, so remember in Jumanji,
1: he's like, welcome to Jumanji. Oh, that's him. That's him. That's oh my Darby. gosh, That's amazing.
0: Um, who I will, I will love everything he's in, but I have a particular soft spot for his, uh, supporting role in what we do in shadows, the movie mm-hmm. where he's uh, a member of the werewolves.
1: We are werewolves, we'll, not swaywolves It's just, it's, that's maybe the best line of, <laughs> it's so classic.
0: Um, but I love that when they figure out they have to go track down the, the second whorlogog, this device oh, last the transport. Liz, yeah. It's like, wait, we have to, like, what's our version of the Game Master? Like, okay, someone who has, like, omnipotence of the whole world and knows what you're doing at all times, like when you're sleeping or when you're awake, you're like, wait, are this where they're going? And then sure as shit, they go to the North Pole to fight Santa Claus. Yes. And again, not having seen the show, I didn't realize that he was a, like, I think an actual recurring villain in that yeah, so
1: I've also not watched Teen Titans Go. Yeah,
0: so the fact that the, the Prime Titans are so thrilled, like, are we actually, is that
1: fight, actually is Santa? Santa,
0: we're we actually fighting Santa <laughs> Claus?
1: And then we found out Mrs. Claus is actually, like, the one behind it all. Like, the real
0: banff of the whole thing? Yeah. But I also love that moment, too, because it shows that, In their own universe, the Go Titans are good at what they do. Yeah. Like, they're actually able to sneak through the place and take out all the elf sentries, like, really, really easily. And I I love that moment, too, when, I'm sure you caught this, when the Prime Titans are walking through, they're doing the Scooby walk.
1: Yeah. The sneaky walk through the hallways. It's, like, a a, a great little moment. Well, so then, when they're in the middle of the fight, Robin's like, hey, let's execute. Oh, uh, like,
0: plan Alpha 4. Yeah.
1: And they all have this and like the go titans just stop what they're doing. It's like, oh my god, they're working together. They
0: have plans? They have plans. I mean, to the point where later uh cyborg <laughs> just like throws out something's like, Did you think we were just throwing out random things? Like, Yes I did. Yes I did. <laughs> now I know better. Uh but I I mean I really love them when they um they go start traveling through the different dimensions. I, I wrote a list out of all the different
1: universes we come across. I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I love, 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 love when shows do alternate art styles. Yes, It's uh, one of my, my favorite things. That's why
0: I was surprised that you weren't more taken with this. No, I
1: said by this point, I was fully Okay, you were in. more invested. It, I, it was like that first 30 minutes. Okay. Or maybe, nah, maybe not that much. Maybe like first 20 minutes. Yeah, because
0: it looked like an... 77-minute yeah. movie or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: it's like the first 20 minutes when it's the st- series Titan still being serious. Yeah. And then they had that one thing about like Robin brooding on the roof. I'm yes. like, okay, now I can laugh at yeah, this. Yeah, Robin's
0: up on the roof like trying to come up with a plan and he's like all oh, sulky, but his cape and his hair is blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Go, Robin's like, how do you get how that? How do
1: you get that wind in your hair?
0: But even, even that moment where, uh, so the Ravens have been kidnapped by the dragons mm-hmm. um, and are taken back to the Prime Universe and then... They're left. The rest of the times left to figure out a plan, and uh, the you know Cyborg Beast Boy and Starfire all like bond together. Yeah, and the Robins don't. And the fact that they Robin comes downstairs, go Robin comes down. Everyone's getting along. It's like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? And then Prime Robin just crashes through the (laughs) ceiling on top of him. (laughs) This sort of perpetual insults injury. Um but then they yeah, they start of hop the different dimensions. Okay, so I wrote it all out. So we Yeah, I wrote, I wrote
1: I think I got them all too.
0: Okay, so they go through the uh like the the DC animated version. So the not the DC AU, but the the um the direct DVD ones, the new 52 yeah. verse versions. Uh and this is actual Sean uh Mayer, too, doing the voice of Nightwing,
1: which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh we have Titans Babies. I also noticed uh there is no animation on those guys. It's always just them standing. Standing there. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They did not have the budget for that. Nope
0: uh titan's babies mm-hmm. they go through like super friends yeah. slash a riff on Joseph and the Pussycats a little bit because later on they're all like they cut to a sequence of all of them just like playing
1: in a band oh, i thought that was an archie joke i mean it's the same thing same thing yeah yeah
0: uh we have steamboat willie version yep like old-fashioned disney cartoons uh the actual comics yeah the was george really version yeah so it's when they react to things it's there's a turning of the page and all the the text comes out as uh speech bubbles it's really yeah fantastic uh, the steampunk version that Cyborg's super excited about with mm-hmm. the goggles on top hats. Yep. And they even pull up the goggles to have more goggles underneath. Uh, the Burmaids.
1: Mm-hmm. Who then we see are like... Uh, we see them in the fight, and they're just dead yeah, they can't just, breathe. Yeah, they're just flopping on the ground because <laughs> they can't breathe. Um, 80s glam rock versions. Yeah. That, uh, that one was weird. That one was kind of a weird one. This and one, it got a lot of screen time. I think
0: it's weird about a screen time. Uh, what There's another one, which is what... Cyborg refers to as the protein titans, so
1: they're all animals, except mm-hmm. for Beast Boy's normal kid.
0: Now, this is a question That's for really, you. Okay.
1: I couldn't figure that out. Yeah. That makes so much sense now. They're the
0: protein titans. They're all animals.
1: Yes. I, I kept seeing that, and for some reason, it, it only clicked like Winnie the Pooh in my head. Oh, okay. And I'm like, why is Christopher Robin in this? Well, I had
0: a question for you, because I hadn't thought about that. He does kind of look like Christopher Robin. Their Beast Boy is a human, yeah. in contrast to all the rest of the titans, are animals. You know, Starfish is an actual star, Raven's a raven, etc. cetera mm-hmm. Cyborg's a bunny. Did was it just me, or did the human version
1: of Beast Boy look like the main character from Chalk Zone? Rudy. Uh I didn't make that connection, but I, I could see I can see it. Because he was
0: wearing the the green overalls, he had the red hair. I, I don't know. I mean, Rudy's not
1: in overalls. Isn't Penny's it? in overalls. Oh, Who's the female friend. Then it's
0: all out the window, never mind. Okay. Um Rudy's got, got the chalk. Uh,
1: Rudy's got the chalk. The, <laughs> chalk, the chalk, 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 chalk. Soon,
0: there's um, I saw like a Neanderthal version of Starfire in the background. There's those weird like big head model versions, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. There's a pirate cyborg. There's a reverse cyborg at one point. I don't know if you caught that. I was pausing along the way because my second. Oh, I watching, didn't watching uh,
1: this. Wait, like Victor Stone. So no,
0: it's it, you know where like cyborg is all robotic except for like the the right half, like the right three quarters of his face. Mm-hmm. So this version is all human except for that section of his face is robotic. So when they're all turning into different oh. versions of tanks, it's just a whole bunch of guns popping out of that one part of him. The oh, rest I of miss him that. looks that's, like a that's normal good. athlete, which is pretty fun. And then there's like the the zombie versions. Yes, at the very end, at the very end. Trigon gets uh, banished to, but I,
1: to me that was just. So much fun. I think my favorite joke in all of that was um, when all the Beast Boys turned into Piranha. Yes! Because they're like, yeah, one Piranha is not intimidating. We have a whole bunch of us. <laughs> uh, I, that was one of the funniest things I've seen.
0: I also loved when they were explaining how the multiverse works. Uh, when the, the Master of Games is going through it, the the visual sampling is all different versions of Batman. Yeah. And it's, all, it's mostly the animated version. So it's the BTOS version. It's Beware the Batman. The 60s version, mm-hmm. which they have done animated movies
1: in the 60s universe. Yeah, The Cape Crusader movies.
0: Exactly. Uh, the Batman and then Owlman. Oh, nice. Is the one of the very back. And then uh, when he's explaining them how they all like fight each other to see who's the best uh, version of Batman, the Teen Titans Go version is also in there, too. Okay. But I also love that the winner, of course, in the whole contest... Is VTAS. It's the VTAS version. which Always. It, which is as it should be. Um... What else did I have in here? Uh, oh, I also really loved... I'm just, well, just me just talking about things I really enjoyed.
1: No, that's fine. That, that's all I've listed here,
0: too. Yeah. Um,
1: I have 60s Bat Boy. What is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Um, but I love the... Uh, so so the way Trigon gets, excuse me, more powerful enough to fight all of these versions is Go Trigon eats... Uh, Prime Trigen. Prime Trigon. Prime Trigon. And so then to counteract that Raven, Go Raven eats all the other ravens. Yes. And then the the last the third beat of that is Robin tries to eat the jewel. The whirlog. The whirlligog. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yes. And he's like, I thought I could like absorb with it. He's like, You're a human. They're demons. Yeah, it's very different. It doesn't different. work that way.
0: But I even loved when they're they're devising this plan and Prime Raven tells Go Raven, like, you have to do this. She's like, why? It's like, because my mouth yeah, won't, won't open animate that. that big. It's like, see that it's sort of like genius level, like uh, meta stuff I enjoyed. And then uh, I didn't catch this initially. I saw it in a bit of trivia. But so when uh, it's the all of the ravens are combined into one, go ravens, eat them all. She refers to herself as the unkindness.
1: Yes. I didn't. Was that a, what is that a reference to?
0: So there are uh, when you're referring to a group of ravens. It is either a congress of ravens or, or an mur- unkindness of ravens. Oh, well,
1: what's a murder? Oh, murder of crows. It's a murder of crows. Yeah. So
0: that was really clever. An unkind—they call ourselves the collectively the unkindness. That's funny. Super. That's funny. good. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. For me, like the the finale is kind of like generic smashy smashy. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love that kind of final. Final beat joke at the very end there, where the the Go Titans come back to the universe and like, oh yeah, the great thing about these crazy like multi-dimensional big epic crossovers, they happen once a year. And then Darkseid, as you mentioned, voiced by Weird Al Yankovic, yeah, shows up and they're like, nope,
1: no, we're not gonna deal. With we're not this.
0: gonna do this. And so like the credits sequence is them just hanging out on the couch, reading and playing on their iPads while in the background absolute chaos is happening. Well,
1: I also love when Cyborg goes to the window. He's like, oh yeah, he's building a giant tower. Yeah, he's just like. But it's gonna be a laser out of that yep, tower. Yep. It's oh, gonna open a portal. Yep. Laser in the sky. What's like, coming out of the and portal?
0: What's coming out of the portal? Oh, more flying bad guys. It's, it's, uh, it's, always, it's always it's always more flying bad guys. Portals. Uh, yeah. Even in, you know, you could hear all the citizens in the background screaming like, "Oh my god, where are the titans? Mm-hmm. Like the tall ones, not our titans." Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I I really really
1: enjoyed. This oh, vibe. and then uh, go Robin trying to sneak back into the oh uh, yeah Ziegen as Nightwing the badass verse. Yeah. Oh else. Along those lines, I love uh, the escalation of the
0: handsomeness of robins. Yes. Yeah, so the Go Starfire is like keeps referring to how the the prime Robin is like, oh my god, and they have the handsome Robin. And then both the Starfires are swimming over the most handsome of the Robins. Yes. Yeah. Uh it's oh my god. I, I really, really enjoyed this. It's super fun.
1: The- I, I, I did really enjoy I still think Go. I, I enjoyed go more yeah or go to the movies more because I think they 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 could make the jokes not smarter but like they could make the jokes for the more comic based fans yeah the the jokes were way more specific yeah and especially of like that's a movie where I want to go back and pause because everything in the city was a reference oh like to every frame has something going on in the background yeah. yeah whereas this didn't I don't think it had the same kind of time. As the movie did. No, I mean, it's it's definitely... And obviously, you know, made-for-DVD budget is much smaller than a yeah. film budget. It's, it's like they, they had to change stuff. It's scaled down. And I think one of
0: the things maybe I liked slightly more about uh, this movie, the Versus movie, rather than go to the movies, is this one, by being a little bit scaled down, didn't have to follow the same beats as much. Like I really love Teen Titans Go The Movies. I just rewatched it again. Those songs are fucking incredible. When you're feeling down. Down. Uh, That soundtrack has actually become one of the things I put on as I'm driving to work in the mornings to like get myself psyched up for the (laughs) the impending hell. But... uh, Cause you know we're feeling upbeat, upbeat. upbeat. So good. Uh, But... That movie has to hit Some of those more major beats So it has to have Like the big downbeat Of Robin being on his own And separated from the t- team And mm-hmm. like I mean it's still fast It burns the story Pretty quickly uh, But I found this one Didn't have that quite as much it Didn't have that same Sort of like lull It was just more just like Boom 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 We're gonna go through
1: yeah. it. Well I mean the lulls Were the ravens uh, But I really and, loved- but they I mean they were still great But I think that's Where like that's where that beat would have been. Yeah. Is when it cuts to the ravens hanging out.
0: I know you don't like that sequence when they're down in Trigon's lair. I hated it. That, that was my
1: least favorite part of the movie. So
0: the, the ravens, to escape, basically convince Trigon that he's So he's, he's holding
1: each of them in one hand.
0: Now there's a goddamn plane.
1: It's coming. So noisy. Um, so he's holding each raven, one raven in each hand. So he both hands are full. Mm-hmm. And go raven is like, aren't you like... Thirsty or you know Aren't you parched. Parched. It's like, no, I don't ever get thirsty. Oh, I hate style. I hate it. I hate it.
0: But what I love about I'm surprised you didn't like that, because to me, that is classic Looney Tunes. Like their solution to the problem is to basically trigger a a Pratfall, essentially. Yeah. From the villain. Like that is. Perfect Looney Tunes logic right there. So I'm surprised it didn't, it didn't register for you. I,
1: I know. It's, 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 it's not cringe humor, but I, I can't do like mouth sound effects. No? That, that, was, that was my thing. You should never have told me that. I know. <clears throat> I know. Now
0: I have a weapon to
1: use against you. You already, you have so many weapons. But you know that means I'm just going to come back with more anime.
0: That That's absolutely true. The more dad jokes I throw in, the
1: more you're just going to go down anime holes. Yeah. A-holes, as it were. Some might call them a-holes. Yes. Let's go down Cameron's a-hole today. <laughs> I don't have a counter to that. Exactly. Because I could have done a whole tangent on Luffy from One Piece with and we're Rubber Band All right. But I saved um, you.
0: Any, any other thoughts on this? Or
1: should we go ahead and land this bird? Um, let's see. Uh, Hexagon, I thought was a great little joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, oh, they have a, a Terra reference in their song. Oh, yeah, my Terra died. Yeah. And uh, the Go Beast Boy's like, what? Why? That's so sad. Yeah, why would that happen? <laughs> yeah. It's such a sad thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, think that's all my notes. Everyone go watch the uh, Tournament of Champions episode of Teen Titans because it's, one of the top three episodes of Teen Titans. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
0: And also go watch this. Yeah, and also yeah, I guess go watch this too. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that does it for us this week. I think we did it. Yeah, so uh, thank you for listening as always. Uh, if you have those random childhood movies that weren't meant for children, you still love nonetheless. Mm-hmm. If you're also a really big fan of historical political dramas like I was, mm-hmm. uh, I would love to know what those are. Also, if you have thoughts on Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans,
1: yeah. Also, if you've been watching Disney Plus, what are you watching?
0: That's true. Yeah. Uh, yes. Actually, yes. Given that we're gonna be doing an episode coming up on Disney Plus, specifically, if you have been watching Disney Plus stuff, uh, write to us and let us know what you've been watching, what mm-hmm. you've been enjoying. And if you don't know what to watch, I'll post a list. Just somewhere. go to just go to Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. If they want to get recommendations for things they should watch on Disney Plus, how can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find my art, and I'm sure to be doing some kind of Disney Plus stuff at this point. You can find that at Cameron.dexter. And if you want to see my face, you can find that at Camdexter underscore adventures. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, yes. if you want to find me and absolutely
0: nothing interesting about my life, you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to find us as a podcast, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. We did it. We did it. And um, normally I would say that next week we'll be back with some more Static Shock, but I don't think that'll be the case. I think, Yeah, next week will be Thanksgiving. It'll be our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving episode, in which case I think we're doing something for Disney Plus. But uh, yeah. after that, I guess we've got more of Superhero, Superhero static, static Shock. shock. Whoop,
1: whoop.